Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 521 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Up and ready and ready to go. That's right. Not uh, a lean, a lean week for uh, comic book news uh, this week. Right. But I got a lot of like TV and movie and streaming stuff to talk about. Right. They'll probably drop a bunch of stuff during fake New York Comic Con. Is was that supposed to be? No, that was supposed to be like the first weekend in October, right? Um, it is 15 days from now because I still have a, a counter on my phone. Oh boy, that I was using to see. And Baltimore is a fit. Would have been 30 days exactly from now. So, yeah. So it's um the 8th of October, and they're doing the virtual thing like San Diego did, right? Right, so they'll put out the news before they have the con. Like, I hopefully they'll stick to that plan, like they used to. Remember, back in yeah. different times. But anyway, so we have a couple things to talk about there. Poor DC Universe app. Where did you go? <laughs> but we'll see what happens there. Uh, we have our links of uh, and stuff to plug friends and so forth digital books and sales what we read this past week which was immortal hulk number 37 and still water number one what we're looking forward to coming out this week todd's art attack and discussion of the most recent episode of the boys eh yes sir why does it feel like when I do it, it's a much lighter, like, it's like, oh, we got nothing to talk about this week. What's going on? Because I'm probably amped up on excitement and rattled through it like a like an indie car, Joe. That's why. Yeah. A lot of energy in mind, if you know what I mean. Yes. So the little bit that we have, I guess, comic book-wise, is DC-related. Uh, because they have two things teased. For the end of this year, beginning of next, one being Endless Winter, the other one being Future Stars, Future State, Future right. State, right? right? Now, obviously, all of this is very interesting to see where it comes from, because as you remember from earlier in this year, there was that whole 5G stuff that was supposed to happen that I think is officially done. Like, it's not happening. Though there is something, it seems like, especially we're going to discuss in in this, that there was something spinning out of the Detective 1027, that there was some, like, Generation Shatter story or something like that, which may be the pieces of what Generation was going to be. I don't know. Right. So it seemed as though there there is, like, a random one-shot that's coming out of a bunch of, like, little stories and stuff. That one would assume were already finished because who knows how far along the 5G thing was. Right. Um, and that was the whole idea that they were going to just like not like make all of our heroes young, but just put all the young versions, uh, the le- the young legacy versions of those characters in the main books. Mm-hmm. 
And then, I don't know, Kill Off or, like, Alternate Universe, Franklin Richards, the other ones. <laughs> right. God only knows. Right. So, that's... And, and, like I said, you know, as we discussed it, you, I think, were very much, again, and I was very much wait and see. Right. I didn't like the idea of be all around. I was not a fan. And, I mean, I maybe I was jumping to conclusions, but it just seemed like something, again off of rebirth being so new and having good, you know, word of mouth in the beginning. And it's like, Oh, it seems like we're, we're changing things again. And we're only two years into this. And I don't know. I just, some stability at DC is I think what they need now. So what was it? DC had more or less the same universe for 48 years Mm -hmm. untouched. Yep. And then they did something to it every, on average, seven seven years after that. Right. Because like I said, some, year, some years were nine, some years were six, some years were, as you mentioned, three. Right. Now we seem to be getting faster and faster. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like a tur- there's like a turnover ratio for comic fans and or attention spans. Well, I think that's a given regardless, but... A lot of that Generations or 5G or whatever it was, as I mentioned, was repurposed into that one shot. But then because they put that Generations thing on one of the stories in the most recent Detective Comics, um, everyone just assumed it's like, oh, well, this was a repurposed thing out of whatever 5G was. And Dan Jurgens, who did the story, actually had to come out and say, um, contrary to the errant claims... My story in Detective Comics one, uh, 1027 was not produced for any other title. Conceived, written, and drawn for that issue only. Right. I mean, and I I like to believe Dan. Yes. Do you believe Dan? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I assume that there's truth in what he's saying in that. Maybe at some point what he was writing was going to be for that. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of told him to hold off on it. Like, whatever whatever he wrote ended up in uh, Detective 1027 was going to be for 5G, okay? Mm -hmm. But because of the delays and because of COVID and everything else like that, 5G gets delayed. And Dan's not one of these guys like, we got to give you a six-month lead time to get this book out. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was more like, hey, Dan, hold off on that. We don't need you to do that. And then it came to Detective 1027, and they're just like, hey, you know that thing that we were talking to you about? Don't do that, but do this. And it's right. going to be in 1027. Okay, because it ends up being a cliffhanger. I ha- I bought the book, and it's like leading into this, so I don't know. Maybe they found a way to go another way, or maybe even just use pages of stuff that they had, you know? Like... I have a feeling that this may be leading to 5G being an event, not unlike the JSA Stargirl Sins of the Youth. Okay. Annuals crossover from the late 80s, early or the late 90s, early 2000s. Right, right. Where it's just going to be like a two-month event, whatever, and then we're just back to normal. Kind of almost like a filler with like, if they had something coming up with Convergence, remember when they just did that two month just to fill up, to put yeah. comics on the shelves? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you never know. 
Uh, so we'll see how that goes again. We're almost now like my DC and Marvel lists are almost even these days. We're not, actually... the, we're not at the official end of the month yet, but if I look at my pull list, cause I keep a dedicated pull list. I know you're surprised. Uh-huh. We're in the, pro- we're almost in the process, Todd. Mm-hmm. Of moving the entirety of the existing spreadsheet over to a Google Doc. Oh, no. To really uh, gum up the works, if you will. Right. Hmm. So that disappeared. That was a one shot. Let's say I get the same amount of Marvel books as I do DC books, which is the first time that's happened in a very long time. So you were, what, where were you? recently then more dc more marvel um like it was it was a much smaller margin but the pro the thing was i put the one shots on there right mm-hmm. so when there's like immortal she hulk is a one shot even though it's like is it immortal hulk is it empire like where does it fit in no confusion it just goes on the list as its own one shot thing right mm-hmm. uh venom the wraith it's a one shot it's venom but i don't get every venom one i only get the ones that are written by donny cates so those go on there. And then like Joker Warzone, which is part of the normal Batman storyline, but it's a separate book with a separate thing. So it gets a separate whatever, right? Right. And then like the Punch and Judy special that comes out in November, it's part of Batman. It's part of what's going on, but it's a separate title. Which one is that? There's a Punchline special in November. Oh, I thought you said Punch and Judy. I, I well, misheard. Well, that's the joke, Todd. It's oh. What's her name? It's it's punchline. Okay. But I thought maybe in all this, literally in all this clown stuff, yeah. that they worked in a one shot that Tinian might be writing that's Punch and Judy. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm, we're, we're clown themed things. We have to show up for this war. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past DC. Mm-hmm. So as it stands, I get eight DC books, eight Marvel books, and I think eight Image books. Oh, I now what month are you doing? Uh, this is kind of like a repurposed September. Okay, because I, you know what the sad part is, I have my list in front of me right now, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it now. Are we just talking ongoings or? What's what's under the Marvel heading? What's under the DC heading? What's under the image heading? You know, right? Because I don't have them written down, but I have fourteen Marvel, and it looks like seventeen DC. Wow! Uh, but I also do a lot of, like, obviously you have Batman that double ships. I have Flash that double ships. Um. Uh, and then in all that, I actually ordered, which won't come out in September, a Justice League International Omnibus 2, which will in no way have any defects in it whatsoever. So, you know, I'm just looking at it. DC as a ton. And then uh, Image, I have one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, eight uh, Image books. And a couple other random, like, independent comics. So, But my list was always bigger than yours. Right. I try to have a better economy of stuff, you know? Right. And it's weird now being able to do that because I just use a Google note thing mm-hmm. for my phone that I do. All right, here's September. Here's October. Here's November's order. 
blah, blah, blah. And then that'll be on my computer, my pad or whatever. But I don't do like everything that you do, like down to the week anymore. I'm like, I'm proud that I can tell you what I ordered in August, September, October, and November. Like that's, that's on, on my work computer. I have the pull list back to 2009. Me And on the Google docs, I just have like the page that I print out and give to the comic book shop. Right. <laughs> right. We're in the process of moving those, like combining those two. Right. Cause you want to have a detailed history. Like when the historians find your cachet, yeah. they're like, this man had good taste in comics for, you know, 15 years. Right. And then the other thing is, of course, as you mentioned, if it's on a Google doc, cause you know, just, just the page that I print off and give it to the, the shop. That's what's on the Google Doc right now, and that I can get on my phone, that I could go whatever, but I don't have the week by week on my phone yet. That's that's the next step. We're working Let's on see. it. Maybe I'll maybe what I'll do is I'll give you my lists and then you could Google Doc everything for me. I could. I would. And tell me what's coming out weekly and whatnot. Mm-hmm. All right. We might have the discussion. I might just send you copies of lists. Like, like, like I said, I just write down everything that I'm ordering. And then I send, I shoot that off to an, in, in an email to the shop and that's it. That's all I do. And I have the same copy that I send month to month on my phone and I kind of tick them off as they come in. And then if anything doesn't come in, I don't do week to week. I just move it. I move a copy to the next month's order to remind me to look for this book. You know what I mean? Right. So I, and again, I don't want to say that I've offered to do this for you a dozen times, but I've definitely offered to do this for you at least five times. Right. But I wasn't doing a list. Now I'm actually doing a list Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to actually like, you know, just say, Hey, you're doing this for me now because your life has changed since the last time you offered. That's true. There's a lot. There's a lot going on, and I'm like, I don't know if Joe has time to play in, in, you know, in triplicate and documents. And I'm like, but then when I realize who I'm talking about, of course, you, you love to do that stuff. Speaking of things that have changed, Todd, to get back on track for the show. <laughs> right. Come January 2021, DC Universe, the streaming app, will no longer have anything new TV show-wise on it, because that's all going to HBO Max. So it will become DC Universe Infinite. Hmm. Where they're going to have a back catalog of 24,000 books, give or take. And they're going to add new stuff on there on a six-month rolling cycle. Very much similar to what Marvel does with their Unlimited deal. Wait a minute. Unlimited and Infinite, those are both unending. It's almost like they kind of have the same name, Joe. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, we all really pretty much saw this coming, right? Yes. I mean, other than the fact we may have disagreed a little bit on whether or not they were going to shut down DC Unlimited or turn it into just di- uh, digital comics, you know, like like Marvel Unlimited. That was the only thing. And they ended up going with it that they're going to have, uh, you know, tons of stuff on it and now it's going to be one of the drawbacks was it was internet it wasn't international and they're going to do that now so uh, i just find it interesting but i did see a couple of people complaining online that if you're going to take off all that expensive uh tv show budget Mm -hmm. 
is the price going to be the same or are you going to no. drop it a little bit? Because... Price is being dropped. I don't know what the price for DC Universe is right now. Right. Um, I could look. Yeah, order I it now. Up, I, I wanted to pull up the Marvel one too. You know what I mean? Right. And do some back to back. Sure, sure. Side by side. I'm sorry. I meant to say. I'm not going to clean up this dead air. Or maybe I am. I don't know. You do like cleaning up dead air, though. Uh, so they have a free trial. Free trial. Now, see, this is the only thing is nowhere in here does it say how much it costs. Like when you go onto the Marvel one, like right up front, it's like, boom, here's how much it costs. Right. Bait and switch. <laughs> so I don't know how much. It is currently. Yeah, one second here. Um, you okay, can buy a month. So it looks like it's the same price. What seven ninety nine? Yeah. So it's going to be the same price, or going to be the same price? Well, I guess if you add tons and tons of back catalog of comics, yeah. it makes it worth it. But you you know what I mean? But you better do that real quick because like like we said, just there's no T there's no T big TV budget being, you know, that you have to pay for. So I don't know. I, what's Marvel Unlimited? Okay. So Marvel Unlimited, so uh DC Universe Infinite is seven ninety nine a month, or you can get the year for seventy five bucks, right? Right. Marvel is $9.99 a month, or you can get the year for $69. Oh, nice. Right. Um, so, obviously, there's a much bigger difference there. You know, it's $2 less a month, but it's $5 more a year overall. Six of one, half a dozen the other. No. Um, with the DC one, of course, um, a lot of the same things there. Now at this price point, the only price point that there is, which is either the you know seven ninety nine a month or seventy five dollars for the year, um, you get like uh, membership access, special offers at the DC shop, and I think if they have a deal going on now until the end of the year, like if you sign up uh, for the month, you get a ten dollar coupon off for the store. If you sign up for the year, you get a twenty five dollar off coupon for the store. Right. Right. They're also offering folks that if you're already a subscriber to the DC Universe app, uh, I think they're giving you the option that you could add HBO Max onto your existing thing for $5 more a month. Oh, that's pretty cool. Then you'll get those shows back. Right. So I don't know what HBO Max is a month. You know, that's another kettle of fish to look into. But to get any sort of the other bonusy extra stuff out of the Marvel thing, like, you got your nine ninety nine a month. You got your sixty nine dollars for the year. If you want to be in like the Marvel thing, where you get like discounts off merchandise and stuff like that, that's a hundred dollars a year. Right, and then it makes me wonder too, because like you're saying, you know, the the, the DC universe is the comics unlimited, uh, and then you have the the HBO Max. I wonder, like, if we'll see Marvel do a deal. With their Marvel Unlimited and Disney Plus. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to have to. Because just to put things into perspective. Mm -hmm. Currently HBO Max is $15 a month. 
Oh, yeah. Unless you sign up for the year and it's $12 a month, like whatever that si- figures out to be when you do it for the $12, you know, for the year, right? Right. Or you could just do, and again, I don't know if there's a restriction on it, that you have to do the year for both, for like the mm. DC Universe and the HBO Max, to get the HBO Max at $5 a month. Okay. But I think that's your better deal if you're like a comic book person. Like, sure. Yeah. You know, even if you're not like, you know, just the fact that you're getting overall, because let's let's even just say it's, you know, well, yeah, five dollars a month plus the nine, eight dollars a month. That's thirteen dollars a month. Just that in and of itself without doing the full year is cheaper than HBO Max by itself through HBO Max. Right. And if you're going to watch any of those shows, you might as well get the free comics too, you know? Right. So, um, and like you said, maybe, uh, maybe I said they'll do that with Disney plus and the Marvel unlimited. Now I read, and I might be wrong on this. So I, I don't have it right in front of me that DC's books might be six months behind the, 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 the you know, oh, no, no, I said that. yeah. Yeah. So what's, like what's Marvel's Marvel's is six months behind too. Okay. I, Cause I forgot. I knew that was, but I wanted to see if they matched up together, you know? Right. So interesting. And then, um, any of the stuff that's like digital first over on comiXology, mm-hmm. that'll show up three months as opposed to six months on the DC app, you know, okay. as part of the subscription, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just say this. If you are a DC comics person, and you were thinking about getting HBO Max, sign up for DC Universe now so that you can get the HBO Max at the $5 a month. It ends up being like a do- like $2 cheaper a month if you just got HBO Max by itself. Right. And then you'll be getting the Snyder Cut soon, so you'll, right. you'll, it'll all work out. But So that's really it for news, helping you save a buck. Hmm. Um, be sure to check out, uh, obviously if digital comics are not your thing, um, you could certainly set up a print subscription sent right to your home through our comic book shop, comics on the green link to their Facebook pages in every show note for these episodes link directly for their weekly books is in the pull post every week. Um, and I've seen a couple people, tweeting out some of the fancy art that uh, our friend Becky has been doing for some of the mail order stuff. Right. You could check out her art original and otherwise over on her Instagram page, which is also linked over in every episode of the show. You do a lot of linking. Well, we got even one more. So friend of the show, longtime listener to the show, Chris Runt did a Kickstarter for issue one of his comic book, Battle Monsters. I got mine in the mail a couple of weeks ago. I read it. I loved it. It was really good. It goes up available to purchase digitally on Comixology Wednesday. Because just in case this comes out like a couple minutes before Wednesday. <laughs> right. The link to go buy it through the Comixology site is also going to be in the show notes as well. But the link doesn't go live, quote unquote, until Wednesday. Right. I may hold, I may just, uh, I may even just like hold off on putting the link in this week's post until the link is live and then add it in. Oh, you do, so you, that brother. People don't like click on it at 1159 if the show goes up early. 
Right. And then it just says, oops, not found, because, like, whatever the, the, the time cycle for Comixology didn't go through yet. I get you. And you know what, Todd? On a lark, I'm going to go look at the conventions. <laughs> just to see, right? You never know. Right, I, I, will I, say, I hate myself. Right. I will say this, Joe. I didn't know about it until after we recorded that there was an actual and it, a con that's related to comics in New Jersey on Saturday, this past Saturday, but it was only original comic art. Like, oh, yeah. It was just comic uh, comic art dealers so they had like original pages and everything and somebody had told me about it recently and i really wanted to go but i wasn't driving out to jersey to just like you know do it during this but uh it's one that i do want to hit and i thought they were going to cancel it and then it was like in one of my facebook facebook groups that i'm in i was like oh that's still going on this weekend i was like not for todd it's not So it looks like this weekend, the Hickory Comic Con in Hickory, North Carolina is going on. Ooh. And Quad Con in Coralville, Iowa is going on. Mm. When it comes to the Hickory Con, I'll always choose the Re. Because if it's Hick or Re, I'm a Re guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, yeah, I just wanted to, to look and see what was doing, if anything. Right. 2021, Joe. That's mm-hmm. when we'll start looking again for real. I guess. Well, uh, like I said, digital books and sales this week. Um, we are running out to the end of that image summer crime sale. I think that ends before Friday. So get your opportunity to stock up on all your Ed Brubakery stuff. Uh, Marvel has two different sales going on. Uh, one is a golden age era related, whatever sale uh, X-Men is having a crossover sale. And I saw uh, friends of the show, uh, Al Kennedy and Paul O'Brien, House to Astonish, were tweeting back and forth that they may do a side project where they go issue by issue of Age of Apocalypse. Ooh. And uh, one, I would listen to that. And two, if I hated Todd a lot, we would be doing the issue by issue Spider Clone Saga uh, supplement to this podcast. No, what I want to do is the <laughs> issue by issue rapid aging ninja kids oh. of spider-man if you want to do an issue by issue that's the one you want to go pal let's go that's right that's not that bad though because i think that only goes on for like maybe eight issues that's eight shows eight segments of your favorite spider-man story The one that you say is worse than one more day. What well, leads into one more day. You know what I mean? Oh, then you know what, Joe? While we're at it, <laughs> we might as well do super fast aging kids of Norman Osborn and Gwen Stacy. Spoiler alert. And then go right into one more day and hit that Spider-Man sweet spot, Joe. It appears to only be like there's a remember back in the day. And this is crazy to say. Um, back in the day where they would like 
we'd be in the midst of one storyline in a comic book, and then there'd be like a hint of something that's going to happen, like a storyline or two later on down the road. Right, right. They don't do that as much these days. Everything's kind of more or less self-contained for the trades and whatnot. Sure, because you don't want to have like three quarters of the way through the book, like some scientist in shadow, like my work, my life's work is almost ready that I can unleash it and then turn the page and you're back to your story because you're reading that trade and you're like, what's this, what's this scientist doing? That was the tease for what was coming up. And some of the greatest writers, man, could juggle two or three of those like a book like mm-hmm. during his, and be like, wow, just have it down. But that's a lost art in comic telling, man. Right. So there's like two, the, the, the actual story arc it's, itself goes from Amazing Spider-Man 509 to Amazing Spider-Man 514. But there's like an issue or two prior where there's like those glimpses of it, right? Mm-hmm. Where they sprinkle a little bit of super fast aging kids ahead of things. Right, right. And I mean, we should add all those, too. So 509 to 514, is that with One More Day? No. Okay, so that's just super fast aging kids, right? Yeah. What's One More Day? Okay. Does that make, you know, there you go. There's your moneymaker. Can you imagine us review, like rereading old terrible runs of comics? Who'd want to listen to that? So, one more day is one of those ones that was like bouncing back and forth between what was Amazing Spider-Man at the time and then Friendly Neighborhood and Sensational at the time, right? So it was only four issues, right? It was two issues of Amazing, one issue of Sensational, one issue of Friendly Neighborhood. So all around, that's like that's like nine issues, mm-hmm. ten issues of Spider Man. Yeah. So, write that down. No, I'm just I don't know. We'll see. What? Listen, if there's a de- if there's a demand for it, I have no choice. You know what I mean? Because you set it into a microphone. Yeah. That's how these things work. So um, we got sidetracked here with digital sales. My apologies. Um, Dark Horse has two sales going on right now. One still Lone Wolf and Cub stuff. And the other one is Neil Gaiman stuff. Mostly American Gods, but a couple other things sprinkled in there as well. Mm-hmm. See, I thought um, you were done. I never read any of this American Gods stuff. I only read the American Gods novel. Um, and I never read the, the comic or watched a TV show or got, I, I believe I bought just cause I have all the Neil Gaiman books. I might've bought the sequel to American gods, but never read it. So wasn't gotcha. my favorite Neil Gaiman book. So, but. so, and then DC is having a sale on sidekick related stuff. Okay. Karloff sidekick? No. Um, I would assume that uh, Dark Knight Returns is in this, but Batman Year One is not. Right, because did he have a sidekick? No. He did not have a sidekick. Unless he kicked someone in the side of the head. That's the only way. I don't think that counts. But it would be a sidekick, so you could get away on a technicality. If you were in charge of sales, that's how you would have got it in. That's true.
and I and I do make this as my promise to you, dear listener, that come to now. Dark Knight Returns not part of the sale. Shocking. Really. Shocking. Giving Carrie Kelly no respect. Uh huh. I guess she's not cool enough. I guess. But I do promise to you, dear reader, that come uh, uh, 2021 when we do these DC sales, I am going to keep track of how many times Batman Year One and Dark Knight Returns appears in the sales. Okay. Can't wait for that outcome. And if it's more than half of the year, then they should just be perennial sales. But what if it's only like one week over half? Still. Okay. So that's the Mendoza line? Yes. All right. And I regret to inform ye, the listeners of the show, that those Scooby-Doo books that have been free for the better part of the last two months are no longer for free. See? And you were telling everybody to get them. Yep, yep, yep. You didn't? That's on you, not on us. And uh, are the... Let me look to see if the Black Panther stuff is still on sale as well. This week they have a lot of they have a a tribute to him on the covers of all the comics at Marvel. I have a friend of mine who uh, texted me confused, thinking that uh, maybe it was the same person who was writing all of these books the way that they were uh, credited in the books. <laughs> right, yes. highly doubt that. No, nope, no, nope. the Black Panther books are still free. So oh, cool! Out. Yes. All right, enough. Uh, freebieing and chilling and whatnots. Let's get into what we read from this past week. Okay. And that would be uh you want me to start? You want you to start? I read but I read everything. I'll start. I'll start with the book I was looking forward to most, which is Stillwater, written by Chip Zadarsky, art by Roman R- Ramon K. Perez. Um, this is an image book, and it's basically about a, a man named Daniel whose life is just, you know, topsy turvy. You know, his job just lost his job. His whole whole situation is really screwed up. Getting into fights, stuff like that. And his, you know, he's got his best friend Tony, and they end up getting a notice that uh, da- a, a distant relative of Daniel's has died, and they have to go visit this small town in the middle of nowhere to get whatever she's left them in the will. So Tony's like, I will come along for a ride and uh, we'll make it a road trip and try to, you know, discuss your life and whatnot and stuff like that. So they go on the road trip trying to find this town. There's something weird about, you know, it's not on maps. People don't really know about it at gas stations where it's not, you know, a few miles away. They, as they're pulling in, they meet a cop who's, you know, giving them the once over thinking, you know, something might be up here. They go into town and some strange things start happening and they get involved and then trouble ensues, Joe. But, uh, you know, I don't want to give too much away because I actually knew what the gimmick of this book was from a solicit that I, that I saw, but I'm guessing maybe you didn't know about what it was completely about, but, uh, I really enjoyed it. I love the art. It, you know, feels really good. I have to say, the one thing that I was like actually blown away by it was the 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 feel of the comic in your hands when you actually buy the comic is a weird thing because this is just seems like like thicker quality paper and the way they do it, which is very weird to me as comics have gotten very like flimsy over the years. But I will admit, like still Stillwater has like like a I don't know like 
a better cover and everything, which I think is really cool in this day and age. But I really enjoyed the story. Um, it didn't blow me away, but as you get the reveal at the end, I'm like, okay, you've hooked me for next issue. Uh, yeah. So I don't want to give away the spoiler at the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. And I am glad that I did not read the solicitation for this going into it. Right. But more so, we're going to talk about the critique of the construction of the story, uh, I guess. You know, I, I talked last week, I'm a, I run sometimes hot or cold, either really, really hot or like lukewarm cold with Zadarsky stuff. Uh, sometimes his online persona and character can be a little much. Okay. Um, if you haven't scratched that surface, be happy that you didn't. Hmm. <laughs> um, but he, Zadarsky, does such a good job of getting over who our two lead characters are in such a short amount of time. Yes. Where under normal circumstances you're going to get a slow build in a book like this, whether it be a crime book, a mystery book, a horror book, you know, whatever pieces that you have in this, there are other characters, the doctor in the town, uh, the, the, the cop, the sheriff, the whatever. Um, where you don't need everything on those characters. Cause then they're, they're not the lead characters. You get enough just to come back Two lead characters. We get information within like three or four pages. We know everything that we need to know about them. Mm -hmm. And they're completely, almost completely fleshed out characters. Now, obviously, we could add more to those as the story goes on. But we don't really need to because everything's there. And I thought that was some really good economy of storytelling out of Zadarsky. Fair enough. I totally agree. Um, also Ramon Perez is someone whose art I've seen before in a lot of other stuff. He does a lot of covers and so forth, um, variant covers and whatnot. And his art can be kind of, and I, I don't want to say hyper stylized, but I could see a lot of people looking at his art on a lot of the other stuff that he's done being similar in tone, not in look or feel to Chris Bacallo. Let's say, okay, that when if I if you were to go and pull up like you've re you've read Stillwater number one, you saw what his art is. If you looked at some of the variant covers that he's done, you might say, well, his stuff might not fit for a book like this because it's like the shapes are weird, the faces are weird, everything's kind of at a weird angle. Mm -hmm. But I think the inking and the coloring helps pull that art together in this book. Okay. To make it feel a little bit more grounded that I know that looking at the stuff that he's done elsewhere, that if things need to expand and go elsewhere, mm -hmm. he can do it because I've seen him do it. And I see here now with the inking and the coloring that he could do a more grounded and more straightforward, you know, throw a little bit of exaggeration in there. Like there's the scene where uh, they stop at the gas station and again, not Danny, the other guy goes into the gas station and maybe he makes like a move on the girl working the register. Right. Her features are like really greatly exaggerated. Right. She's got a much longer face. Her eyes are much more sharp and everything else like that. She's supposed to stand out. She does stand out. Um, but again, I like this book a lot. I really liked where it was going. And I think books like this, 
you have to trust the creators and go into a book and not read the solicitations because even just reading like the first like four words of the solicitation gives away so much. Yep, it does. And what happened was I saw the previews that it was, I was like, oh, Chip Zdarsky has a new book. Like I, I liked the, the bit of Daredevil that I saw and I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a try. And I said the Marvel two and one that I enjoyed. And even in the preview, they do the bit where like they give it away. They, they, where they go visit the doctor, the, the mm-hmm. lead up to that. And part of that. And I'm like, wow, you're giving away the candy store here. You know what I mean? Like, but it made me get it. So in that, I think maybe you going in and seeing it fresh was more exciting where I'm like, all right, I get what you're doing here. Right. Um, and I'm waiting for it to happen. If that makes any sense. Cause it's been, you know, spo- stooged off kind of. A thing. Yeah. But, but Hey, like I said, and there's a reason we're t- trying to tiptoe around this because we want you to check it out. It's a really good book. Mm-hmm. Another book that's really good that you don't need us to tell you, but we do every month ish when it comes out is immortal Hulk number 37 written by Al Ewing with art by Joe Bennett. This is the big, I guess, official unveiling that it was the leader who was the one that was originally at shadow base before Bruce Banner was. Okay. Uh, Sam Stearns, the leader, has been manipulating people from behind the scenes because the tank that he was in at Shadow Base has kind of gotten weaker. We got a lot of the stuff with the red doors and the green doors that we've seen all throughout this. Uh, There is some supplemental stuff, and I say some very light, sadly, in Immortal Hulk number zero that also came out last week. Uh, I think that probably would fit in better prior to issue 36. Mm-hmm. In your uh, box, if you're collecting this singly, I'll right. be very intrigued to see where this falls in when this actually does get actually traded and collected. Um, but this book is great. It's tough to jump in at this point because we are nearing the end. Like this definitely feels like the home stretch, but it feels like it's a long home stretch. Like I feel like we've talked before where there's been so much talk. It's like, oh, Immortal Hulk is getting renumbered. Immortal Hulk is getting canceled. Oh, it's going to end. It's going to this. It's going to that. But I, I could see this book going to, like, issue 50. Yeah. I, I mean, if he A wants nice to stop. A number, you know? Right, unless it's something where he has one more storyline in him and whatever will fit in a trade, you know what I mean? Like, that's the weird thing where they stop books now. It's not, like, big numbers. It's... Uh, just, you know, six in, in, in a trade, five in a trade, because sometimes that's weird, but we'll see. So, but I do feel like the home stretch was the perfect phrase for where I feel we are exactly now. So we have so much of like what has been in Hulk comics for the better part of the last 40 years, 50 years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Bruce, you got the leader, you got Doc Sampson, you've got the absorbing man, you've got Titania. You've got all these Rick Jones and things like there's a there's like one or two new characters, but like not new super powered characters. We've got the Alpha Flight people in there, but like Sasquatch and Puck, I guess more so Puck really because he's the only one kind of still kicking around with all this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like the element of what would just be a standard run of the mill superhero Hulk book, but what Al Ewing does with it is so different and so unique. 
right is what makes this book mm -hmm, such a tinge of horror yes that it's like he really is the monster that he was based on, you know, and, and all the people are mo- like a monsters around him. So yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's somebody I think said like had the formula. I forget what writer it was like, you want to give people like 60, 70% of what they want. And then 30% new. And this book has a hefty 30% new, like a new angle, a new try, different take, whatever. And that's what, you know, Immortal Hulk has been for 37 issues and however many specials. Right. Now, the other thing, of course, is as they've been always playing with the green door, this is the first time we get a little talk of the red door. Um, obviously, there's so much of the Hulk that is based around his relationship with his father. Um, do we think... Uh, Thunderbolt Ross, the Red Hulk, is going to show up in this. I think I, sh- I think with the Red Door thing might be a little too on the nose. I don't know. I think it's, I think that's what's going to happen, especially, like, didn't, uh, they had his funeral in this book. I know you were reading Captain America. Didn't they say Captain America killed Thunderbolt Ross back in the beginning? I mean, he was framed for it anyway. He was framed for it, yes. Right, so, I don't know. I, I always thought, like, that it it didn't happen, but I I don't know. We I do think we'll see the Red Hulk because we've seen every other version of the Hulk and everybody who's gamma irradiated at some point. So I, I'm leaning yes, but will it be the Red Door? I don't know because, like you said, that does seem like very obvious. Yes. Did we see the? Yeah, we did see the Abomination. So we did. We're we're all there. He's Mister Handface. Yes. But this book is really good, you know, um, anytime that I see it. And this is one of those weird ones where, like, Marvel will do, like, a weekend sale, like, a Friday into Monday. Or they might just do, like, a one-day sale on a Monday where it's like, yeah, the entire run of Immortal Hulk is available for a nickel digitally. Right. (laughs) You know, so I always try to keep my eyes peeled when I see those pop up over the weekend to try to tweet them out and stuff. Right. Because, like, this is really a great book. It is. I mean, that's why it appears a lot on this show. Yes. So that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com, uh, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books digitally, whether you get them in print, whether you sign up for Marvel Unlimited and DC Infinite and then wait the six months for everything come, to come out. Be forewarned and be forearmed. Know what you have to read for this week coming up. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out as we post our lists in that post. Uh, Todd is in the lead with two correct guesses over me. Let me look at your list to see what you could be looking forward to this week. While you're looking that over, isn't it three I'm ahead of you according to the page? Three, my apologies, yes. Just making sure in case you didn't change it, you know what I mean? Yes. I was letting you know. It is three. I'm going to guess the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Suicide Squad number nine. Right now it is, yes. Shot in the dark. You you nailed it. Um, There is, Doctor Doom was a close second just because I haven't read it in a while, but because I, I haven't read, read it in a while, it 
is so far out of my mind, you know what I mean? But Dr. Doom's always a good guest. I'm just doing this to stall while I look over your list. And I'm guessing the book that you are looking forward to most is Immortal Shulky, number one? No, it's Suicide Squad number nine as well. Oh, okay. I thought, I know it's always the slam dunk on the the Immortal Hulk, and I know Al Ewing was right, is, is writing the She-Hulk one, right? Yes, he is, but I feel as though this is going to be more of wrapping up um, Empire stuff and Avengers stuff for second, and then Immortal Hulk stuff third. Fair enough. So while I am excited to read it, um, you know, it's second or third down on my list. I've really been enjoying Suicide Squad. I'm glad I can bring you on board, Joe. Yep, and this one's another one that's in the definitive home stretch, as uh, we only got up to issue 11 on this, eh? Right, and then there's rumors of a revolutionaries book. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing official on that yet. Nothing official on that yet. Right, that's why I said rumors, even though we don't deal in rumors and innuendo on this show. And again, I apologize. It was two before. I didn't update my number. I updated your number. It's now one that you're ahead of me on. Oh, then it wasn't Suicide Squad. It was Dr. Doom. I want that gap. I was going to pick Dr. Doom, but then I would have had to ask, Is like, is and again, I'd hate to say, like, is there something going on in Dr. Doom this week? Yes, he's doctoring his doom. Uh-huh. Now. So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out everything that Todd and I have done together, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues. Uh, be sure to check out my twice-a-week Rob Servations <laughs> as I listen to... Uh, the Rob's podcast and just kind of address what he says, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> right. Um, somebody else, not me said, uh, I listen to the podcast so you don't have to. I say that you should listen to the Rob's podcast. Your mileage may vary. Okay. <laughs> you can also check out our store link where you can purchase shirts or pins or stickers with our fancy logo on them. If you head over to our T Public store for the next two days, everything with our fancy logos on them, even stuff more inspired by this show, more inspired by a- After Dark, Adults with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, all of those things, uh, except for shirts, are on sale through the Tee the Public store until Friday, 35% off. Check those out. Um, and hey, now's a better time because I forgot to do it before because I got sidetracked. A lot of sidetracking with this uh, episode. Soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. This show, After Dark, uh, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Final Wrestling Place, Wednesday Night War, At Odds with Wrestling. Those shows go live. You could find them there. When my appearance on Between the Sheets in five weeks talking about ECW October 28, 1995 goes up live, it'll be over at soon to be named network.com. Nice. The schoolboy dream has become a reality, Todd. I'm getting a chance uh, to talk about one of the most infamous red-letter dates in wrestling history at the the den of the attention deficit criminals. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, one of the most infamous nights in wrestling history, and I was there for it, and I get to talk about it. I'm above, like the, like, the levels of excitement that I have for it cannot be measured. Now, do you think 
the fans will listen to it, or do you think they'll get distracted and steal a car while they're they're listening to your your take on that special day? Now, see, Todd, that's the thing. They would get distracted and vandalize a car, not steal a car. This is the difference oh, between that is how true. dare you say that they're car thieves, they're car vandals. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, you're, that's you're a right. misdemeanor. Theft is a felony. This is <sighs> yes. Maybe slash uh, a few tires. Right, exactly. Uh, you could also, hey, sign up for our Patreon. As little as a dollar a month gets you two extra shows a month from Todd and myself, previewing the past, where we look at 30 years ago, that month's previews catalog, and Babbling Brooks, where we look at the film works of comedy legend Mel Brooks. For $5 and up a month, you get those two shows two weeks before everyone else, and you also get After Dark like three days before everyone else. Uh, we do have two additional higher-end tiers where you could pick up uh, from characters, uh, you know, mentioned through the history of the show, uh, who have cameo pages, The Rob himself, and uh, Raven, a.k.a. Sad Scotty Flamingo, hashtag Scotty Saturday. It's, th- it's a thing now. Um, where, you know, you pay and you have them do a cameo and they do an introduction for this show or After Dark or Adults with Wrestling or whatever it is, of course, don't have them say something offensive or degradating to them because they have first right of refusal. They're not going to say, I'm a doo-doo head, you know, which no matter how much money, maybe you could pay them enough money that they will say that. I don't know. Um, But that, of course, if you do that, that would be a one-time hit and you'd get, like, you know, the high-end tier, everything early, for that month, you know, if you did that. Right. And I just want to say, doing is tweeting out something for the, uh, Scotty Saturday as a lark came back to bite me because too many people liked and retweeted it. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. Good. So. I'm glad you learned your lesson on week <laughs> one, Todd, as opposed to you learning your lesson on week <laughs> 75. Right. Secretly. And again, I was looking for that gif and I couldn't find it, and I knew you would find it. <laughs> so you were just the bait and hook kind of getting me. Oh yeah. Oh, you could have just asked, Joe. I would have sent it to you. Too easy. Too easy, Todd. <laughs> uh, and another way that you could help us out, of course, if you don't have extra spending money for shirts or stickers or pins or Patreons or whatever else we have. You can make any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through link. I'm sure you need something. And by you buying it through the banner across the top of the page over at longboxheroes.com, we get a little bit of a kickback. Amazon calls it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include... Somebody purchased on DVD season two of the cartoon Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I've never watched that. I'm tangentially aware of it, but that was kind of at the, like when that show premiered, I was kind of like out of like that sort of cartoon, mm-hmm. you know? Um, now, ironically, this, the Blu-ray of the Green Lantern animated series, which was supposed to tie into the horrible R-double film that set DC movies back worse than a thousand Scott Snyder's or, uh, what's his name? I'm going to just let you hang there. No, not Scott. Scott Snyder's the writer who's good. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Thank you. Um, this cartoon actually is good. Um, 
But because the movie failed and nobody wanted to buy the toys that were based on the cartoon, they didn't do another season of the cartoon. Yet another reason that uh, Ryan Reynolds is bad. He ruined this good cartoon. Rick Moranis is back because of him, so he's okay. He was back for 35 seconds on a YouTube clip. Oh, okay. Uh, Somebody also purchased Rogue One, a Star Wars story, the Kindle edition. Um, This is one of those instances where you can't say, well, the book is better because I actually like Rogue One. I do like Rogue One. I like Rogue One. There's a lot of people who don't like Rogue One. I call those people wrong. (laughs) Um, They also somebody also purchased for the Xbox One Star Wars Squadron. And Todd, you do not know how happy I am. That neither me or, more importantly, my kid does not give a care about all this PS5 and Xbox S and G and whatever else is going on with these two consoles already. Uh, I know. I had to listen to your other co-host tell me all about it on the Hit Show Porch Talk, ordering his PS5 and the debacle that it was. Uh Uh-huh. I saw importer-exporter business was trending on Twitter the other day. (laughs) and I. It was, I, and it said trending with Xbox and PlayStation. I'm like, that can't be good. Well, it is good. People were buying stuff, uh-huh. supporting the economy, Joe. Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, somebody also purchased from the Haya Toys line the Dark Side 18 uh, inch figure based on the Injustice 2 series, mm-hmm. the game or something. <laughs> somebody also purchased. Uh, three-pack variety family-size bits of Oreo, Ritz, and Honeymade snack crackers. I used to know three women named Oreo, Ritz, and Honeymade. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Long story. I'll save it for later. Somebody also purchased the old El Paso variety pack, <laughs> which included traditional refried, refried beans, mild green chili, mild red enchilada sauce, and a by-the-cup measuring spoon. Ooh. So you're getting cup. the full spicy food experience. May uh, whoever you pray to have mercy on your soul. But Joe, it was mild red enchilada sauce, so it wasn't spicy. I've said it many times on this show. Uh, I am a very dainty boy when it comes to spicy food. When you go to a bar or any sort of place and you say, I want wings, whatever that is, whatever that transaction is between you And the person who orders the food and person who makes that food. And when they bring out whatever you just say is wings and you say nothing else, I'm going to say a dozen of wings and they bring that out. That's too spicy for me. Right. I, I, you know, I'm a guy who doesn't put pepper on pizza, so I don't like spicy either. So I know what I'm doing when it comes to buying wings. So you got to know what you're doing. We went to, uh, my wife went to uncle Joe's pizzeria. Do you know that place? Have you heard of that place? No. It's down, it's down in your neck of the woods. I have no idea where that is. There you go. Uh, and she had gotten me some of the uh, garlic Parmesan wings, and it was a little bit too much garlic and not enough Parmesan. I still ate them and enjoyed them, <laughs> but it was just a little too spicy for my delicate sensibilities. You are such a you, – you hate everything you eat, though, so. I'm, I'm very soft and, you know, squishy when it comes to that sort of thing. Right. That's the reason, yes. So, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? Yes, we did. From Rebecca's art, she uh, did a U- Usagi Yojimbo piece, which actually, in all honesty, 
And this is probably my favorite piece that she has done. This is just so like natural and tranquil and serene of them just, you know, kneeling, uh, him reading the book. I don't know. There's something about this that just really catches my eye that just is like capture a moment, if you will. I don't know how to explain it. It's really, really nice. I like it because they're not as cartoony. They're very much more manga, anime style, a little bit more human-esque as opposed to more exaggerated, which is normally the way that Usagi Ujimbo is drawn even by his own creator. And I think that makes that work in a more soft and serene and kind of gives it its own resonance. You know what? That's a good that's a good take on it. That's a that's something I couldn't describe, but I will totally agree with you. And also I put up, I got a Jonah Hex head sketch by Neil Adams. Um, he liked it so much that he signed it twice. But uh, he was doing these head sketches and he prints the, the what do you call it, the border that he draws it in on the page. And then he puts a little whatever it is that you're going to get. Like if it's Batman, it'll be like fluttering bats or the bat symbol. Or if it's Joker, it's the J. But with Jonah Hex, he did the, the JH that's been in, you know, books. And it's not the logo, but they have been in books. But uh, I've never saw a Jonah by uh, Neil Adams. But when he was promoting that he was doing these head sketches, I was like, I'll give it a try. And I think he actually nailed it because a lot of the other stuff is simpler, smoother lines like Batman. You don't you just have the, the face. But he did a ton of detail. And I actually think more detail than he actually does on uh, regular head sketches like a Black Canary or whatever. But I think it's also I find artists give you a little over the top when they do stuff that they, they never get asked for. And I think that's the situation here. I will say this uh, piece is so nice that even Jimmy Palmiotti did not, did you tag him in it? No, he just answered. Right. He just found it and liked it and pushed it out. And he is right. It is a very good piece. And looking at that and just like the way that the, like not seeing any of his other pieces, Neil Adams, that is, Mm-hmm. I feel as though the aesthetic he's going for with the JH logos, as though those are his branding iron brands. I totally agree. Yes. Yes. But it's a very nice piece, of course. Thank you. And that's uh, everything. So I th- oh, sorry. That was everything. That was everything. So I think that's it for the main show. Right. Uh, We are going to talk about the most recent episode of The Boys, so if you're not watching, you're not cut up, you don't want things spoiled, then uh, by all means, we bid you adieu. Thanks for listening to episode 521, Longbox Heroes, and we're just going to take like a moment here for me to take a, a swig of water before we start talking about The Boys. Hmm. Now, when we recorded previewing the past this past week, I had watched The Boys and Todd had not. Right. So I begged and pleaded, don't say anything before we record. And uh, so, like this, like this episode a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because this is the most that Black Noir has done on screen to date. Peeking over a roof. Well, peeking <laughs> over a roof, yes. Right. 
but he had to kind of be on camera and off screen and everything else for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we get him tripping all the traps in the house. Right. And then we get the uh, the fight as well. Which so was really good. So this is the good. most we've seen of him uh, in any one episode to date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was really cool because Butcher had gone back to his relative's house to visit the dog and everything. And then Mother's Milk and Huey show up because he called them and he, and. Joe Butcher was being nice, so immediately they knew something was up. But uh, I like that he brought Terror, his dog, the Homelander Cuddle Buddy, which is the thing that I was telling you about off mic about the uh, the home shopping work, uh, home shopping network from Vought Industries. That there's a Cuddle Buddy, and if they make that Homelander Cuddle Buddy, your wife is getting one for Christmas from me. No problem, like. <laughs> Here you go. I know how much you love the Homelander, April. Enjoy it. Oh, boy. And that's the thing. It would just have to be something that gets snuck in the house. Mm-hmm. That it just shows up one day. Oh, no. It'll be wrapped in my traditional uh, paper bag wrapping for her. <laughs> she won't know. So just, Unless she squeezes it and it says, you're the real hero, then maybe it'd give it away and she'd have, like, she'd be triggered or whatever. But... Definitely a Christmas gift if they pop up. Maybe a drinking glass, too. I did ask her if she would want to come on the podcast or if I could record something separately with her mm-hmm. um, for her reaction to uh, the boys, and she declined. I had a feeling she would. So, yeah. And as we discussed last week, it's just creepy to record somebody without their consent. So, It certainly is. Mm-hmm. So I guess how so how do you want to uh, dive into all this? Well, we're saving a certain somebody for the end, as we always do. But sure. I want to go. I want to go into basically a train and also Mav's thing because they're basically both on the set of uh, the 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 Justice League knockoff movie with the seven, which once again all the in jokes and stuff were cracking me up, like with Mav. Like, uh, and she's doing this and, and a train's doing dialogue and they're like, Oh, like the cheesy dialogue that the Joss rewrites totally cracked me up. But then we get to like mob and we, they just, it's Homelander just, you know, giving her the business about like being, uh, in love with this other woman and just the PR people, the nightmare and all the stuff that they threw out there to like soften up the, the relationship between Mav and, and this girl, like everything about it was so skeevy and like business oriented, but 100%, like, I feel like when they were, when they were uh, doing this episode, they're like, all right, let's, if we had these two characters, let's run this actually past the business people. And like, what should we do with these characters and everything they do, all the answers they got were, were real because it was just, so phony and crappy and trying to like put them in a box and mob hates it. And I was actually like, this is really good stuff, you know, on that. I enjoyed that a lot. And of course, with Homelander messing with mob, this uh, instigates her to go seek out the deep who is doing his not Scientology deal to essentially say, listen, I know your whole thing is to get back into the seven well, you're kind of sort of working for me now. 
Right. And then like a train who's being bounced from the seven, he's like get, leaving. So he has to give a speech and he doesn't want to. He's like, here's all my rewrites and stuff. They're like, no, you're just doing the line and doing the lines and we're going to do it. And there's the scene where he gives like the, the, the take and the, the Homelander's got his back to him. And I'm, and it's just all this cheesy dialogue, but Joe, I was lost in the cheesy dialogue. Uh-huh. Um, I, I wasn't watching because I was standing there and I'm like, look at that cape. That cape should be hanging regally from Homelander's back, but it's just laying there like a limp, you know, dead fish. And A-Train's going on and on and on. And I'm like, I don't know. And then finally they cut the scene and Homelander walks off out of the scene. And I'm like, that should be swaying majestically. And it's not. I'm like, there's something wrong here. And I'm, I was getting hot, Joe. I was getting mad. And then the, per- the Homelander turns around and it's just a stand in like some, some goofy guys like, Hey, hey train, good reading your lines. And he walks off and I'm like, all is right with the world again, Joe. I was like, okay, I'll let all this go. But I could tell something was wrong while his back was to us. My, my wife was able to pick up on that almost immediately that it was the stand in. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Just because like Homelander after, you know, being the way that he is, no way while A-Train is there to give that speech. Like, why give A-Train, like, in character, in the show, in the storyline, why give A-Train the satisfaction that you get to say these words to actual Homelander's face as part of the movie? No, Mm -hmm. you get the stand-in. Right, because if Homelander was there, maybe because he's, you know, uh, very, like, uh, he's full of himself, he would be standing there with a face front shot of him intently listening with, like, his finger to to his upper lip, like, nodding. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it would be all about him just being like, yes, you can go off and do your thing. So, but, yeah, I I totally agree with you. So, we also get... Stormfront brings Starlight's mother to the set, Mm -hmm. trying to kind of tweak Starlight. And Starlight at one point just like comes right out and says, it's like, well, I, you know, we know your liberty. Mm -hmm. Because Stormfront's like, I know you're the one that stooged this off to, you know, the news about um, Compound V. Yep. So each of them are trying to have one up on the other. Um, Starlight even goes so far as to go into Stormfront's trailer and try to find information on the computer, but of course she doesn't find anything of note other than the fact that what her password is, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned before about Billy and Mother's Milk and Huey and what they're doing. Um, obviously Frenchie's plot is like kind of falling toward the bottom of the line. Because now he's just consistently chasing around what's-her-face. Kamiko. And Kamiko is just kind of, like, lost all care, and she's just kind of, like, a killer for hire at this point. Right. She basically had, yeah, she's a killer for hire who had a face-off, literally, (laughs) with the Russian mafia. I was watching that scene and once again, like where she comes in she's like, you know, it's Kamiko just going to tear down these guys. They're trying to shoot her and everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. There's the, the breaking of the hands, which she broke the hands like Stormfront did to her brother, which I thought was interesting. But then when she just grabbed the guy's face and peeled it off, I was like, oh, oh man, was- there's our scene. 
there's that's right up my alley. You know me. Yep. That's that's my sort of thing. Yep, but that's the one. Like we're getting one episode now where it's just like, ooh, that that made me pucker, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, we'll see where that they go from there. Yeah, and like I said, I just I feel as though maybe they're pushing that storyline into the back burner, only so that when Kamiko shows up and like rips Stormfront in half, mm-hmm. it'll feel a little bit more out of nowhere. Right. Because one would have to assume that that's where they're heading. Right. I mean, I, I don't know because I kind of, I left the boys comic. I mean, whether they can stray or not, but I have like, I have no idea what Stormfront's fate was in the comic or even Homeland. I, I know nothing of how it ended. So, mm-hmm. but the one thing, and I'm going to try to tiptoe lightly in case you don't know, somebody reminded me something about black noir that I had completely forgotten about and made me wish that they never told me again. You know, I was like, Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I wish I didn't know that would have been a cool reveal for me later. Yeah. Don't tell me. No, no problem. That's why I did. You know me, I did it, got out and I'm done. Right. So I think that brings us to Homelander, huh? Yeah. Just, he had an interesting arc this episode. Nothing unusual. Like, like always, or, everything's crazy with Homelander. So I want to start off with uh, Ashley, who's their new liaison with like the Vought people. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's going to crack. Oh, when she pulls on her hair. Yeah. And it just comes out. I was like, oh, yeah, she's, she's having a rough go of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Being the assistant was one thing, but being in charge of these maniacs is another problem to deal with. Um, so the video footage gets out of some collateral damage when Homelander was going out cleaning up his mess when he took some compound V to create international super terrorists. And as he went around trying to clean up some of them, he accidentally killed a person for real, a a, a civilian. I say kill a person for real, kill a civilian. There was video footage of it. It was only online for eight minutes, but once it's out there, it's out there. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, you said super terrorists. Homelander said they're super villains, Joe. I say super terrorists. He says super villains. That's where he and I differ when it comes okay. to these discussions. I always laugh because that's like you could just see the faces that he makes when anyone says super terrorists. Because he said super villain, and even they had a they had a, a research group, Joe, who agreed with him. Yeah. So, based on this footage getting out there, there's people in front of Vought Tower that are protesting. And uh, Ashley gives Homelander strict instructions. You say nothing on this. You do nothing on this. We're going to work PR. We're going to get something out. We're going to get this taken care of. Mm -hmm. And that's not what happens, Todd. What? Homelander didn't listen to Ashley? Oh, my goodness. Because he knows best. He showed up. In front of his uh, throngs and throngs of uh, adoring fans, even though he's down popularity-wise 11%. Um, right. And I tell you, man, uh, they did a good job of setting things up and everything with this character. That even though it was just a fantasy sequence of him cutting down the entire crowd with his laser vision, I bought it, man. I bought it for like 30 seconds that it was real. I did too. That was a wrestling gotcha, Joe. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, like when he did it, I was like, this is the moment home, like Homelander snapping 
you know, episode, I'm just going to go five season two. And the whole thing with the cop giving him the bird and, or the military guy giving him the bird. And it just goes, I'm like, that would be the thing that would snap him. You know what I mean? And just the shot, even though it was a fantasy of him mowing down the crowd, I was like, Woof. And then they just cut to the screen thing and he's in his own head. And like you said, like Ashley snapping Homelander's, you know, he's, he's a hair like for, he's been a hair from snapping this whole, the, the whole show, but wow. Like that. And that's the reason that scene is so believable is because of what he's capable of. And just, even though he loves his, the way people look at him, don't tick them off because that's what could happen. Good stuff. So uh, then, of course, we had from the previous episode where Stormfront has her people that go out there and create the memes mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of discredit people and so forth. Uh, Ho- Homelander goes to her for assistance. Uh, to get memes out there to help him and discredit the people that are protesting him, and it works. He's back up 8%. And Todd, the beginnings of the thing that I feared after watching those first three episodes has happened. Mm-hmm. Because Homelander and Stormfront, they, they get, they're getting it on. Oh, and... It is, and is it wrong to say I enjoyed that scene? Um, but no, yes, they. Yes, it is. Yes, they it is, get Tom. it on, and it is the like the weirdest superhero creepy lovemaking when he lasered her, and then her line was "Don't stop." I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "This is out of control, Joe. Completely out of control." I knew it was going to be bad. First of all, I knew it was going to happen. Second of all, I knew it was going to be bad. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting this. <laughs> right. And I don't want to know what's going to happen next. Right. So, I just know it's bad news for everyone. Because I have to ask, right? What was your, was your wife standing on the edge of the couch just screaming at Homelander during this? She was just like, oh, no. Oh no. Oh, oh no. The whole time. Okay. Cause I, I know I'm not going to get, but if I could just get like a taste of like what her reaction. So that'll, that'll hold me over. But yeah, I could only imagine, you know, her reaction just, was bad. Mm-hmm. Her reaction was, this isn't good. <laughs> yep. But now we're here. The power couple, Joe. And I want to say, you know how we, we like, Homelander has rocketed up to like Superboy Prime, like like just vile and hatred for him. Just the off like the 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 way Stormfront is like she's she's not far behind Homelander in all this. Like when she has her little discussion with A Train about like church and stuff, and like their the church was ruined by letting the wrong people in. He's like, well, who are the wrong? And I'm like. Oh, but she has this like coy, you know, like in your face, cute. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but she's rocketing up the the, the hate list very, very fast. So we the are viewers make a... know what we the viewers know what Stormfront meant there. Mm-hmm. 
because we saw last week's episode. Right. A-Train hasn't seen last week's episode. But I think A-Train was mopping what she was spilling. You know what I mean? I I definitely think he saw the spill and he has the mop in his hands. (laughs) Okay. But he's like, am I going to have to deal with this or is somebody else going to deal with this? Right, because he's on his way out. So yeah. he doesn't want to have to deal. He just wants his golden parachute. And I think A-Train is just done now. He is going to have no revenge, you know, nothing. He's he's off, just like Mav in the deep. Everything's fine. Seven's going to be great. <laughs> I don't think that's true, Todd. I think that's a lie. But it, it may be. We only got three episodes left on this. Right. So, and I bet you they'll pick it up definitely for season three. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I saw something right before season two started that I guess due to, you know, COVID and everything else that depending on when they want season three by, they may not be able to get What's-His-Face Who Plays Billy. Oh, uh, the guy who played Judge Dredd, uh, Carl Urban. Yes. Due to, I guess, travel issues? Right. He's probably got some movie. You know what I mean? Like, there was a window. Right. You know, like your contract says you get me from here to here. Uh, and then my other contract says they get me here. Too bad that COVID was on your watch, you know? Yeah. But no, no, I think it's maybe he's UK based. Mm-hmm. And they may not be able to get him to travel to wherever they film. Oh, okay. It's Or, or it, could, it could also be what you said is like, it could be both, right? Right, right. I would be sad if they just killed him off. I don't think they can. No, he's the, I mean, other than Huey of the good guys, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's, the. I always thought, from what I read, like I said, I never read it to the end. He was the main protagonist of the story. You know what I mean? Right. Huey comes in and he uses Huey, but, so, and I, to me, but then the way it ends, I don't know. Uh, it would seem like it would come down to uh, Homelander versus the Butcher. But looking at Preacher, you always thought it would be God versus Jesse. And you didn't get what you expected. You know what I mean? So maybe we we're not going to get the ending we expect either way. Oh, well. But I really like the episode. I really like this season. I really like this show. I I could say the same things, but I won't uh-huh. because you did. So I think that's it. Yep, that's everything. All right, we're done for real now. Thanks for sticking with us if you did for the boys talk. Uh, maybe you're not watching. Maybe hopefully this inspires you. You think to yourself, maybe the show isn't as crazy as Joe and Todd make it out to be. It is. Way crazier. Way crazier. Um, But uh, yeah, so episode 521, Longbox Heroes for Todd. This is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.